0: It was ten after six, and Bill's kitchen light remained dark. Two days had passed, and no signs of life. Jerry watched Lisbon go about her business. The dog spun around in elliptical patterns. Motivated by a need to bark at anything that moved, its hysterics seem inherent to its hybrid nature. Jerry stared at Bill's empty back porch and found himself wondering if the dog's spastic behaviors might seem more entertaining if Bill were there.
1: Morning, honey. Hey. Are you okay?
2: Fine. Did you sleep okay?
1: Pretty good. And how about you?
2: I don't really remember. All right, I guess.
1: Cherry baby, are you sure you're okay?
2: Oh, sorry. My head's somewhere else.
1: Thinking about anything in particular? No. Then why are you staring at Bill's house?
2: I don't think so. I'm just in it daze. is all. Just give me a moment and I'll be back to normal. See? All better.
1: Now I feel so relieved.
2: How about this then?
1: Much better. I think I'm
2: gonna go jump in the shower.
1: Don't get any funny ideas.
2: The
0: traffic on the 217 is backed up all the way to Longview Boulevard due to a three car pileup. Officials are Hey, mister. Got any change?
2: Way ahead of ya. (laughs) Good, mister. You got it.
3: So, buddy. How was the weekend? Good. And yours? Oh, man, it was awesome! So awesome, I nearly called in sick today. Todd and I got super wasted Friday night. We ended up running into these chicks Todd knew from college right before last call. They invited us back to their place for after hours. Todd didn't look like he could make it, but he went anyway. Before you know it, these bimbos pulled out a big bag of the Peruvian dust. The next thing you know, it was six in the morn, and I'm laying in bed with this brunette. Should have come out with us, brah. Not really my thing, Jeff. You never know. Todd was saying the same thing at first. And before you know it, he had half the gross product of Columbia up his nose. (laughs) I was on the verge of getting head, but Motor Mouth wouldn't stop talking about how much he loved the yayo. Uh, what about that chick from downtown? Oh, her. I nailed her again. Didn't improve much from last time, I'll tell you that. Maybe I'll change my number. Wouldn't be the first time. Cut right to it, don't ya? <laughs> That's how I roll, brah! How could I have forgotten? Tan. see that? Karen's on the head, huh? I hate this review crap. She's just trying to feel important. It's all a big act. I ever tell you how she offered to go down on me at the Christmas party two years ago? No, and now I can never unhear it. <laughs> I was drunk enough that I almost let her. Can you imagine that? Trying not to. As uptight as she is, I bet she's into some real kinky stuff. <laughs> Luckily, Courtney barged in on us. I ended up making out with her instead. Think about that is, Courtney's hot, but Kiss is kind of like a dude.
2: Uh, Jeff, maybe... Uh, <laughs> what,
3: man? You afraid the big balls lady might hear us?
4: He was trying to tell you the boss lady is behind you.
3: Good God, woman! Don't you ever knock.
4: Mr. Cooper, get back to work.
3: Was just leaving. Yo, check you later, Jar.
4: And as for you, Mr. Maggard, I noticed you didn't respond to my emails this weekend.
2: Didn't even turn my computer on. Why? Was the account messed up?
4: No. But that's not the point. The point is... When I send out an email marked urgent, I expect a response immediately.
2: No offense, Karen, but you shouldn't be sending us out emails marked urgent when they're not.
4: That attitude will get you real far, mister. No wonder you didn't get my job. Bitch.
0: Mind what's on TV, friend. You never know who's watching.
2: Ah. Thanks.
3: Is your car driving this last mile? Do you find it hard to work to get? We, we can, can help. help! Are you finding it hard to get alone? loan? Has economy give you away your job? We, we can, can help! help. Hey, Cradmere, tell him what we can do. Well, Cooter, I tell you, we can can help! help. Come down to Cooter McPhee and Kranmere, Kulitkofs. We We can can help help you rent rent to all use kinds!
2: Oh, screw this!
0: As he pulled into the driveway, an eerie shiver crept over him. He couldn't help but feel if something was watching him from the vacant windows next door. 548 four days and still no signs of life, Jerry began to wonder what had happened to Bill. He had no children, and never once had he mentioned a relative or friend of any type. Did he just leave? Was he on vacation? Would anyone be coming this weekend to mow his lawn? Jerry began to ponder even more fatalistic scenarios. What if Bill were dead? How would anyone ever find him? Jerry imagined Bill's lonely body, lying on the floor with a final befuddled look. Undiscovered. Now merely fodder for the morbid creatures to reduce.
2: Eh, no use to you anymore.
3: You know what's weird, Jer? I was just thinking that we'd never really hung out. Trips me out, brah. I mean, we've worked together for almost eight years, and
4: never once have we done anything outside of this. As the practice. day
0: crawled by, interactions passed as if in the distance. When is
4: the Langley account going to be done? I thought you said yesterday that you would have a complete analysis done by noon today. Well, Mr. Maggard, it is now 2.30, and I have devoid yet to meaning, see page one of this supposed, supposed analysis.
0: Every occurrence, every utterance, merely a prolonged abstention from the mystery of what happened to Bill.
2: You ready to get schooled? I've been playing with Dave Messlinger every Monday and Gil on Tuesdays. Now, I know Gil's serve leaves a lot to be desired, but relentless on the court.
0: At six, Jerry met up with Phil at the gym for racquetball. But the game and Phil's banter throughout did little to avert his obsession.
1: Can I get you something to drink?
0: Yeah. I'll have a victory
2: ale. And you? Uh, the for me, please.
0: It was fifteen after eight. Jerry watched Phil eat his salad, a small dribble of blue cheese hanging from the corner of his mouth. He couldn't take his eyes off it. Although he made the proper responses, nodding when obligated to. Jerry's mind drifted far beyond the sports bar.
2: So I'll be taking her out to the lake next weekend. You should come along. We'll leave the wives behind and just relax and enjoy the fishing. I know you've never met George, my old college buddy, but he'll be back in town for a few nights. I just know you and George would hit it off. I'd love to, Phil.
0: A deeper mystery was just beyond the monotony. Just beyond the casual chatter and routine movements. 548 Jerry went out to mow the yard. Again, no Bill. He almost began to miss the unprovoked advice. Bill's disappearance was beginning to make every daily chore intolerable. At one fifty-eight, Maggie and Jerry took Michael to his junior league soccer match. The crowd was made up of so many familiar faces. Supposed friends, colleagues, neighbors. The recognition of these people and the pleasantries exchanged with them only added to Jerry's anxiety.
1: You did a great job, baby. Did you have fun? Yeah. Did you see when I stole the ball from that kid? He was running, and I went up, and I kicked him really hard.
0: 548 Mr. Yep. Good.
3: Getting nervous? Are you getting tanner somehow? Oh, right. Um my buddy Pimp and I were checking out girls at the park and I,
2: I I'm sorry Jeff, but I I'm really busy right now.
3: Wow. Are you on the edge of what? It's the reviews, brah. It's got me tearing my hair out. Whatever. Talk to you when you're not so freaked out.
4: Bye. Jerry. Karen. Two days left. Getting nervous.
2: Terrified.
4: Nice attitude. So you keep saying. So, uh, do you need something? Just making my rounds. Well, it's been swell. I'll be keeping this in mind.
2: Glad to know I'm in your thoughts. No one's home, ma'am. Really? But they're still watching. I'll keep it in mind. My car
1: it's eight o'clock. what have you been doing
2: i I think I fell asleep.
1: Where are you?
2: still in the parking garage? I guess
1: are you okay
2: yeah fine uh, i'll I'll be home in twenty minutes.
1: Michael and I could come pick
2: you up. No, I can make it. I'm fine.
1: Well, be careful. I love
2: you. love you too. See you soon.
0: He sat there for a long series of minutes, trying, without much accomplishment, to understand what had happened.
1: Jerry? I'm home. Oh my god, you had me worried. What happened?
0: For a second, he thought of telling her about the strange noise from the radio, but looking into the worry of her eyes, he decided against it.
2: Ah, I made the mistake of skipping lunch. Think my blood sugar got too low is all.
1: You know better than that.
2: I was busy. Guess I just forgot.
0: Maggie held on to Jerry tightly, her heart racing against his chest.
2: Michael in bed already?
1: Yeah, he had a big day at school today. I wouldn't mind following his lead soon.
2: That does sound nice.
1: First you need something to eat, Mr. Maggard.
0: 11.30. Jerry couldn't sleep. Maggie's breath was a slow, subtle rhythm that echoed off his chest. Though he found her weight pressed warm against his body, calming, it did little to allay his racing mind. Where was Bill? A dog barked in the distance. The branches scraped against the living room window. All the sounds in the neighborhood were calling to him. He carefully pushed Maggie aside. The quiet cool of the house brought a shiver of mystery. Slowly, the peculiar smells that lived there began to occur to him. Breathing it in reminded him of antiques and dusty furniture. An efflux that brought to mind years of work, like folds of money in a sweaty wallet. An overall sadness crept into his thoughts. As Jerry absorbed them into memory, he couldn't help but think about all the lies that were told within these walls. He couldn't help but imagine the secrets that had been kept, or the quiet heartache Annie must have held on nights Bill was away. It seemed that these hidden truths had now come to defame the memories of their marriage. He held on to the smells a moment longer. With a shake of his head, he made his way into the kitchen. There was nothing particularly interesting about the kitchen. There was nothing that personalized it in any particular way. But it intrigued Jerry and in the fact that it was where he observed Bill begin his day. He stood there imagining Bill going about his daily routine. He walked to the cupboard to discover the rituals as his own. Quixote brang Colombian dark roast, he noted, the same coffee he drank every morning. He felt a slight unease in knowing that he and Bill were so similar. He stared at the room tracing Bill's steps one last time before continuing his search. From the living room into the hallway, from the hallway to the staircase, every room was devoid of life. It wasn't just the emptiness of the home that began to daunt him. It was also the clean neglect, as if the furniture was not meant for comfort or use, and instead served only to fill otherwise empty space. It was in the hallway that Jerry chanced upon the many pictures of Bill and Annie, Each seemed to be a postcard of misinformation. A trite fiction, made even eerier by the exact expressions and poses. Bill standing there, his left arm always behind Annie's waist, while Annie smiled, waving to the camera. Their smiles and delighted eyes never wavered. Their distance from the camera uncannily mimicked. Only the scenery, their age, and their attire ever changed. Jerry thought of he and Maggie, Did their pictures seem as easily interchangeable? It was on the second floor that Jerry found the loneliest room in the house, the bedroom. Nothing revealed existence. Nothing seemed faded or worn. The bed, like all the other furniture in the house, was immaculate. No indentations on the mattress, no creases in the pillows, no signs of movement. Everything was strangely uniform. Investigating the dresser drawers... Jerry found Bill and Annie's clothes folded, stacked, and apparently unworn. Why were Annie's clothes still amongst the livings? Was this some strange memorial? He smelled one of Annie's sweaters. He could detect no hint of musk. In fact, the only odor he could detect was the bland, perfumed emanation of freshly laundered fabric. Was Bill still doing her laundry? Jerry felt disarmed by the eerie silence and unuse of the house. He hurried his way out of the room to finish his investigation. Only the basement remained. At the door to the basement, Jerry's heart began to race. There was a strange anticipation in the possibility of finding Bill's body. He struggled to take the first step. He breathed in. The air held no signs of decay. There was no reek of deterioration. He made his way to the bottom of the stairs. As with everything in the house, the basement gave no hints of life actually having happened. A freezer hummed on the southeast corner. A washer and dryer sat lonely on the northwest wall. He made his way past them to where the workbench sat. Unlike everything else in the house, the bench had seen some use. Jerry ran his hand over the rough surface and imagined Bill spending most of his time there avoiding Annie. Once again, there was nothing unordinary to inspire conspiracy. Throughout the house, and now in the basement, Jerry had met with the possibility that he would never discover the meaning behind Bill's disappearance. There was an immediate sense of relief. What would he have done if he had discovered a corpse, he wondered. The feeling of relief fleeted quickly, however. There he was, standing among Bill's unused things. Having explored the entire house there was the empty feeling of having accomplished nothing. He made one last pass around the room before making his way back up the stairs.
1: What are you doing?
2: Uh, I was having trouble sleeping, so I went for a walk.
1: It's one thirty in the morning. Where could you have gone? Uh, just
2: around the block.
1: Are you ready for bed yet?
2: Yeah, I'm finally feeling sleepy.
0: Jerry looked over at Bill's home. The investigation had left him with even more questions than before. Jerry shook his head, trying to throw the remaining curiosity free. He watched Maggie disappear into the hallway before following her up the stairs.